After serving as a nurse at a VA clinic for 23 years, a new rule tried to force her into assisting with abortions. Hi, I'm Peyton Luke and you're watching First Liberty Live. Shortly after the U.S. Supreme Court issued an opinion in Dobbs, which reversed its Roe v. Wade decision, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs introduced a new interim final rule titled Reproductive Health Services, which immediately allowed elective abortions at VA medical facilities. But this rule was put into effect illegally, despite the fact that Congress had prohibited abortion services at VA clinics for the past 30 years. Stephanie Carter, a nurse and Army veteran, faithfully served our nation's veterans as a VA employee for 23 years. But when the Biden administration's rule was adopted in September 2022, Stephanie immediately sought a religious accommodation from participating in abortions because it went against her conscience and her sincerely held religious beliefs. In fact, she had to submit the request twice Later, VA officials told her that no process for such accommodations even existed. First Liberty stepped in and we were able to bring about some change. Joining me here today to talk all about it is Danielle Runyon, who is senior counsel here at First Liberty. So Danielle, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Peyton. Thanks for having me. Of course. So the VA adopted the Biden administration's rule to provide abortion services, but it gave no option for a religious accommodation or an opportunity for employees to even opt out. So can you explain to us how the adoption of this rule was technically illegal and what First Liberty did about it? Sure, so the rule was adopted without following the required statutory process and procedures. Um, they didn't provide notice and comment, which is typically allowed. And in addition, Congress wasn't involved in this. So for 30 years, abortions have been prohibited at VA facilities. And now suddenly, by way of a rule, they're going to be allowed. And this is going back to September 2022. Okay. And then First Liberty, when did we step in and file? We filed a lawsuit in December of 2022. So what was that process like? We did. So um, Stephanie Carter, our client, uh, she's a nurse practitioner at the VA, as you had previously stated. And um, she came to us and said, hey, uh, you know, I have requested a religious accommodation and I've been being told that there's no process in place. She then requested again. And at that point, we realized, you know, taking a look at the rule itself, there was nothing in there that indicated that there was any religious accommodation process in place. And then based on the fact that Stephanie was then told twice that there was no process by which her supervisors could grant her uh, an opt out from participating in abortion services, we decided that there was really no other choice and that she had we had to file a lawsuit on her behalf. And what makes this extra interesting is that this took place in Temple, Texas, mm -hmm. and abortions were illegal except for to save the life of the mother and in very rare circumstances. And so technically for her to be practicing and participating in the state of Texas, she could be potentially get a felony. She could have her nursing license revoked. So I find it really interesting, the difference between the federal law versus state law and the VA trying to institute this. And for lack of a better term, it just seemed a little sketchy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, something when we were doing research before filing the complaint, and then we also sought a preliminary injunction, um, I had discovered that actually Congress had touched on this issue and had indicated that the particular facility where Stephanie was working, there it was under concurrent jurisdiction. So it wasn't just under federal jurisdiction, it was under the jurisdiction of the state of Texas. 
And at that point, we realized, you know, what's what's going on here? The application of this rule at this facility, not only is it improper because they're going to be forcing Stephanie to violate her sincerely held religious beliefs, but now she's also facing, like you said, a potential felony conviction, fine of like $100,000 or more, and then also the loss of her nursing license. Wow. And Stephanie's story, I just find it so incredible um, and why she has this conviction. Because most people are probably going to look at this or they're going to comment and say, oh, it's just because she's a conservative or, oh, it's just because she's a Christian and she doesn't really understand what it's like to be a woman in that situation having to choose when it comes to an abortion. But she does understand and she has a very personal connection to it. So... Would you mind just sharing that story in the way that she would tell it herself? Absolutely. Uh, in our filings, so anything I'm about to tell you is public knowledge. Um, we included it in her declaration, and she wanted to include her story in her declaration because she was hoping that she would be an encouragement for others who maybe are in the predicament that she was in at a young age. Um, so before Stephanie came to know the Lord, she had had abortions in the past. And in fact, at 15, um, she became pregnant uh, as a result of rape, and she decided that she was going to keep the baby. And at as far along as six months, she was considering aborting the baby, and she decided to keep it. And she looks back on that, and she says in her declaration that that was, you know, a, she's, he is a gift from the Lord. Her son was a gift from the Lord. And she just really doesn't want anyone else to go through that, um, to feel that pain, because even today she feels that pain. Mm -hmm. She feels that the Lord has um, restored her. Uh, her faith in God is very strong. And so for her, um, for her to violate her sincerely held religious beliefs against abortion, for her it was just, it was so impactful and um, really, really uh pained her to think that after 23 years of serving her fellow veterans, that she would now have to potentially engage in activity that she is, she is abhorrently against. As an Army veteran herself, and as a Christian who views her nursing work as a calling, um, Stephanie relishes serving her community and fellow service members, and she loves her works and wants to provide this excellent Claire. So how did this case impact her career? with everything that she went through? Well, she's still a nurse practitioner at the Temple Texas facility. And um, that came with much prayer and discussion and thought because what we were challenging, part of the challenge that we made in federal court was that this rule can't be applied at the facility where she works. Um, however, part of the relief that we were asking for was for Stephanie to be accommodated from having to participate in providing abortion services, because that would fall under the duties that she has to perform as a nurse practitioner. And so after much thought and consideration, she felt that, um, you know, the Lord is still calling her to serve her fellow veterans, that she's dedicated and committed to being a nurse practitioner. And uh, she just prays every day that, you know, there, there's a change of heart with this administration and that this rule is not going to be uh, enforced at the facility where she works. But it's still incredible because she stepped out in faith and had the courage to say something. And because of her and because of this case that was per put forth by First Liberty Institute, now there is a process. And it pretty much shed some light 
on some of the situations and that there wasn't an ability to opt out before, but now there is. Now there is. Now there's a formal process, and that's the victory of one person standing up, Stephanie Carter by herself, a nurse practitioner who just had a, she was convicted, her sincerely held religious beliefs just told her that, you know, this this just can't be, and, and how can it be being a nurse practitioner in Texas and well, wait a minute, after Dobbs, aren't I protected? Aren't I protected by Texas law? So, um, yeah, it's it's a great outcome, and she is just an encouragement. She, she is the reason why I love working at First Liberty. The people that we meet are just so courageous. Well, it's such a powerful story, and I, I just thank you for sharing all of that because I... It, it just hits me, too, because I think it gives a new angle for people to look at, and it makes it more personable and relatable versus just politics. Sure. So is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up today? Um, I would just like to say that, you know, this rule, uh, my understanding is that it is in the final stages, um, but that we at First Liberty still, even though Stephanie has, uh, it's she's victorious in the fact that she does have an accommodation now, um, we were victorious in the fact that we did, uh, because of our case, there is an accommodation process, a religious accommodation process in place nationwide for other practitioners to take part in. Um, that, you know, we hope that the final rule does account for uh, those who have sincerely held religious beliefs. And, um, you know, we, we still believe that this rule was not implemented in accordance with appropriate and proper statutory procedures, um, and that Congress does really have to weigh in on this issue, that it can't just be the administration saying, well, now we're going to be performing abortion services um, at VA facilities. So, so uh, you know, we hope that, that at some point Congress steps in and, and that this changes. Yeah, our country has checks and balances for a reason. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today and for your time and for everything you do on this case, but also all the other cases for our military service members. We appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Well, I appreciate them. This is just one of many cases that reminds us why it is so important to continue fighting for religious liberty in the United States. If you feel led to be part of this important mission and to support through giving, you can visit firstliberty.com and on the homepage you'll see the big red give button in the top right hand corner. Our clients never receive a bill from us and as a nonprofit we are funded through the donations so we truly cannot do this without you. So from all of us here at First Liberty Institute, we just want to say thank you. Your generosity, support, and prayers make all the difference. First Liberty, fighting for what matters most.